Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Commercial property depreciation. Now, in residential, depreciation is used to help you bring back negative cash flow, but in commercial property actually helps you to write off positive cash flow. So say that you've got $20,000 in positive cash flow and you have $20,000 in depreciation, therefore you have zero amount of tax to pay. So it's a tax minimization strategy. But of course, later on when you sell it, there's some add back strategies or add back uh, provisions, but your accountant normally sorts that out when they deal with you having a depreciation report. But The purpose of this podcast is actually to share with you why you need a depreciation report, what is calculated in a depreciation report, and between a set and forget property and an uplift property, what you can use or count as depreciation, and especially good when you're looking at uplift, what you can write off straight away, especially when you're claiming the tax for the first year. So join me as I take you through depreciation updated. Welcome to another episode of Commercial Property Roadshow. We're here with Mike. What do you do, Mike? I'm a quantity surveyor, but I have other faults, but quantity surveying is very important for commercial property owners, so happy to chat about it today. I guess that's what we're chatting about today. Uh, so uh, we have done a previous episode with Mike, who is uh, who showed us a couple of properties and what depreciation looks like, but I think this is time for an update, right, 2023? Uh, and so... Let's talk about what are some of the things that are new. But firstly, just tell the audience a little bit about you, your yep. company, and what is the purpose, or even the point yeah. like, of it, and, and what comes out of it. Yeah, what is the point? I ask myself <laughs> that sometimes, right? Uh, so I started the business MCG Quantity Space in 2011, and essentially, uh, in the tax side of things, our job is to figure out what the deductions you're able to claim, and the point of it is basically to pay less tax. It helps you with the cash flow of the property, both you know residential and commercial, in any income-producing property. As for, as for what's changed, there's been pretty little in the uh, legislation space within commercial. It's all um, fairly constant. H- however, construction costs have changed quite a lot in the last 18 months. You know, we're talking about 20% increases wow. across all the right. board. Well, let's well. take it from the beginning. So the, um, it's, it's, not saving ta- it's not paying less tax, it's tax minimization. Mm. Tax minimization, we've got to call it, right? Yeah. So... Um, if we're buying just a, let's say, a simple office space, we're sitting here in an office space, simple yep. office space, uh, it's got a tenant in there, what are we depreciating? Yeah, so there's probably two main buckets of depreciation. There's the building structure, which if you think about it, it's kind of the fixed things, right? It might be the you know, the timber, the tiling, the cabinetry, the, the bricks and the roof. And then there's the plant and equipment items. So in an office, you'd be seeing things like blinds and air conditioning and carpet. So they're the two main components. The building structure is normally going to be 2.5% of our estimate of the cost as at the date that it was built. And the plant and equipment is all different. So you know, on average, it's probably around about 30 35% per year, um, up to 100% for certain assets. And then you've also got, you know, instant asset write-offs and things you can access as well. Okay. So then let's then change this up a little bit. So someone buys a old, older building yeah. <clears throat> because this year, you know, we see that the interest rates and everything's changing, right? <clears throat> everything's changing with interest yeah. rate, less spread between interest rate and yield. So people want to do uplift, yeah. right? They want to go and buy a property that is run down. 
Yeah. They want to buy a property that is maybe you know that they can refurbish or do an extension on. Yeah. What are we looking at there? Yeah, I think one thing that people get really confused at is that older properties, you know, they might say older properties aren't great for depreciation or maybe older properties there's nothing in it. Yeah. But there is a cut-off date for depreciation on the original building structure, which for most commercial is 1982. But most properties don't stay original as built in, say, 1975 or 1980 because it's not the highest and best use, right, to attract a, a tenant or, you know, to, to get the best... Um, return on that property it might need renovations or, or extensions and that sort of thing so any of those building works that are done you'll be able to claim the plant equipment components like I mentioned before carpets and blinds and fire systems and all of the furniture if you're doing that as well um, and then the structural deduction so whatever money has been spent on the property it's most likely all going to be depreciable oh, right. so so they get a property and they're going to go, look, we're going to gut it, right? We're going to gut it because it's got old carpet, uh, it's got old fit-outs, yeah. right? For example, you know, I had a property I had to gut out everything because it pretended to be a bank. It used to be a bank one time yeah. and now it's going to be a restaurant, right? Right. So it's going to, you, they're going to gut all of that and go, okay, we're going to put in, you know, a new beauty bar yeah. <laughs> or we're going to do a dentist, right? Yeah. So that first lot that's going, what happens to that bit? Yeah, so there's a there's a term called scrapping, and that's where an asset sort of reaches its functional obsolescence, i.e. it doesn't necessarily have a functional value, but it might have a residual depreciation value. Now, the tax office says you sort of have to buy something with the intention uh, to rent out as is to be able to scrap those assets, but, you know, that might just be a, a management agreement, right? And, and all commercial properties are purchased with the intention to rent it out. Like, even if you own it yourself, it's probably a different entity entity the building to, to the business. Um, so what we do is we'll calculate the leftover value in those second-hand assets, mm -hmm. and with scrapping, it's an immediate deduction. So if we work out that there's $2,000 worth of carpet and it gets thrown in the bin, that would be an immediate $2,000 deduction on that carpet. Oh, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then what about the fit-out? Like if, say, yeah. that you then have to bring it back to bare shell, yeah. most of the time you have to bring it back to bare shell where you're doing... Um, painting, new, new flooring, yeah. um, lighting, probably new aircon, all of those things, and yeah. partitioning. Yeah, well, at the very at the very worst, you're going to get two and a half percent of your spend each year for forty years from the date that it's done. That's sort of the the worst effective life. That's forty year on the structural stuff. Um, but you know, things like the carpet is going to be ten years, and then you've got all the other plant and equipment, like you mentioned, air conditioning, fire services, you know, blinds, um, all of the um, the workstations and the computers. All of that has an actual plant equipment category with the tax office. And that's part of our job to, to work out that split so you can maximise the claims. Yeah, absolutely. So then we put a tenant in. Then the progress of that is we put a tenant in, right? Yeah. Uh, because this year, uh, with weather markets, a lot of our clients are very, very much interested in doing this type of or this type of deal. So now they get an old building refurbished and they yeah. put a tenant in. So you put a tenant in and then you have to help the tenant, right? Yeah. The tenant might go, well, we need new plumbing. Yeah. Or we need to put in a fit-out for our dentist. Um, so all of that, if you're contributing to, to the fit-out, yeah. um, so that's 
is that a new layer on the depreciation? Yeah, absolutely. And and most sort of leases, and this is probably more your expertise than mine, but most leases will say if there's a contribution, then the tenant has to actually get a depreciation schedule to, to look at what's been done. So whatever you're contributing uh, to, you'll be able to claim those deductions. And one tip for anybody that's listening, if there is um, a tenant and, say, a landlord spending a certain amount of money, if we're just doing a depreciation schedule, um, you've got to sort of figure out, well, who owns what? And it's much better to own the plant and equipment items than the structure. So if you are putting that deal together, that could be something that's communicated, that we're going to pay for the money, but this will be technically what we're paying for. And it's it's you can, you can only claim the, the value of the item such as it is um, and no more, right? So if it's $1,000, it's $1,000. However, $1,000 up front rather than having to wait 40 years to get it back is much better right because a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow well absolutely so you get to claim that back and then you've got the tenant in there the tenant's happy you get your cash flow everybody is is sort of in a happy happy state so then how often do they need to get this report yeah look the only time you would really need to get another report is as you say there's some additions some improvements or anything like that but the report lasts for 40 years and if you are only doing one or two little changes, let's say a hot water system breaks or air conditioning and you're putting that in, you wouldn't necessarily need to get us back because you'll know when it was done, the, the date and the cost. So really, it's it's a one-off. Okay. But I've got to actually just come up with a really interesting question. Now, sometimes like we've had some natural disasters, yeah. flooding and everything else, and then you've got the insurance company who's come in. Like one of my insurance companies replaced a whole roof for me in one of my properties in Rockhampton. Yeah. Now, is that a depreciable like asset? Like, should we be coming to you and saying, "Well, now we've got a whole new roof"? Yeah, yeah. And what what happens? Like, because this is the thing where it's kind of like we contributed the premium, but yeah. we didn't pay for thirty five thousand to replace the roof. So, yeah. but, it's, but it's still our roof. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the hard thing. And and, a, and another example of that is, like, let's say you own a commercial property and the tenant does some work. If they pay for it, you can't claim it. Mm. Whereas the next person that buys the property will actually be able to claim that, right? Even though they didn't pay for it, it's kind of part of that price. Oh. So with with insurance, you should definitely get some accountant's advice on that. Yeah. And it, it depends whether the value of the insurance works is, is you know a bigger proportion um, or, or the maximum pro- pro- proportion of the total value. Um, but normally it wouldn't be depreciable unless you're actually paying for the works um, directly. Oh, but right. it's always good to get accountant's advice on that. That's really interesting because, see, when you sell it, that's actually a selling point then. Exactly. If you're replacing a whole roof, I mean, a lot of people do put that in, in the ads because one of the big things people worry about is replacing it because it's be like, you know, 30, 50 grand straight up even for a small property. Uh, and so if that's a depreciable for the next person, but yeah. not for you because insurance has replaced it, that, that's actually, you know, a kind of bit of a win for them. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the same as with, with the tenancy sort of situation. You know, if you're buying a property and the previous tenant has done all of this works, unless there's something, all of these works, unless there's something in the contract to say that they're taking it out and taking it somewhere else, I mean, you're inheriting that. And there's a strong argument to say, well, the property is worth more because it's got a new roof or it's because it's got that that tenancy fit out that's going to remain with the property yeah okay that's that's very interesting and then 
if you upgrade for the tenant, so yeah. the tenant wants to upgrade, like they want to do the extension, they want to have an alfresco dining area, yeah. and you pay a portion of that, then that's coming back to you to update that, that depreciation report. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. So uh, depending on the level of works, we may need to go back and inspect, um, but it could just be an easy update if we know what was done and we've got the costs and the specs and those sorts of things, um, we can work it out. But, you know, in, in the commercial world, the ROI between what we charge and the deductions you get back is, is pretty fantastic, right? And we won't we won't do a report unless we see a benefit for it. Um, but you know, you know, we've we've done reports that might be worth two or three thousand dollars, but we you know we're talking nearly a million dollars worth of deductions in the first year. So yeah. it's a pretty good payoff. Definitely, definitely. And then finally, before we finish off, but just what are you know some of the new things that's come up yeah. with depreciation this year or the last little oh, bit over COVID? Yeah, th- this year we've got the addition of the sneeze guards in commercial properties, <laughs> which is kind of a little bit too gross to talk about. But, of course, you know, a lot of commercial entities have had to pay for these, you know, sort of COVID safety mechanisms. So the ATO has come up with this uh, a two-year effective life on those plastic screens. Mm-hmm. But, you know, something is added each year. You know, a couple of years there was, you know, beekeeping assets were an addition and then we had, you know, panel beating stuff. So there's always kind of something that, that's added, but there's been sort of very little in the last little while apart from the sneeze guards. Right. Well, it's always interesting to know these things as well. It's like getting updates. <laughs> and um, what is, tell us one funny story out of depreciation before we finish off. Well, we were just... Oh, interesting. Yeah. Should we talk about the uh, the dog we were talking about off camera? Well, you can talk about the dog or... Interest, like interesting is another one. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of stuff uh, on site. There's there's all sorts of interesting things that people have in their houses that perhaps they'd like to hide from inspectors. Um, but one particular example was I, I did an inspection with a, a chappie and it was clear to me he didn't speak English and I figured out that he was, he was French. So we had a, a little bit of a chat with my rudimentary French and I went about the, the property and then he had a, uh, a rather upset dog in the backyard and I was sort of you know, looking at the external areas and I was trying to say, look, buddy, it's okay, you know, I'm, I'm just here to take some photos, it's all right, little fella. And, and then it suddenly sort of dawned on me that if, if the owner is French, then this dog isn't going to speak English. And you don't sort of tend to think about dogs as having a, a different language. So I did my very best to communicate that I was I, I came in peace to this French dog by saying, Je regret, which as far as I understand just means I'm sorry. So I'm there <laughs> saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to this dog, who I think was very confused as to what was going on. And that made both of us. But luckily I was res- rescued by the French guy who came out and said, look, it's okay, it's just one of those bloody quantity surveyors. <laughs> Well, you know, that's one of the things is like you and I both see some really odd and interesting <laughs> things, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the great things about uh, what we do. It keeps things different and interesting. Yeah. But how do, I guess, how do people connect with you? Like your yeah. business and, and whereabouts are you located and, and all of that? Yeah, look, we've done some, some great interviews over the years. So I'd recommend um, circling back to, to any of those where we've gone through the basis of yeah. commercial tax depreciation. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and things like that. It's it's mcgqs for quantitysurveyors.com.au and we work pretty much Australia-wide. So always happy to help you with any particular property and provide the free advice as, uh, as part of your group. Yeah. The information will be below um, in the description so you can find a link to their website 
and Mike's details if you want to connect with him. But you can always email us, helen at unicorn.com.au. But the other main important thing is that why do you use depreciation reports before we finish off? I use depreciation reports in commercial to write off your positive cash flow. So, for example, you have $20,000 positive cash flow at the end after you pay the mortgage and everything else, and then your depreciation report shows $20,000 in depreciation. Therefore, you're paying zero income tax, right? So it's on paper. It's a paper write-off which is fantastic for you. And it actually works the opposite way for residential, but for commercial, it helps you write off um, positive cash flow, which means you minimize your tax, and then everybody's happy, more money in your pocket, you can buy the next property so much sooner. So yeah. that is essentially what it is. Everything is different. It's always worthwhile, and we make it as part of our process through our buyer's agency, to as a process to actually always get a quote, always put you in contact with Mike so that he can give you a quote. Because sometimes you think it's not worth depreciating and all of a sudden you realize you could get $15,000 back, right, each yeah. year. So people have been often surprised. So it's worthwhile getting a quote, worthwhile finding out more. It's definitely worthwhile con- connecting with Mike. Yeah, and we appreciate being able to work with people such as yourself who are able to safeguard people from not missing out on those deductions. And that's a horror story that keeps me up night. So it's good to know that your clients are looked after there. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you for being here today. And um, don't forget, you find all his details below. Thank you. Bye. Hopefully that's been fun. I know there's a lot of information about depreciation and look how deep is the rabbit hole, right? If you live and breathe depreciation and you're a quantity surveyor, you love depreciation and you know what can be depreciated from windowsills to toilet bowls to taps to, like they said, about those sneeze guards. Any of those things are depreciable. But what is applicable to you as a commercial property owner and how that's going to help you moving forward, reach out to us, helentarrant.com, helen at unicorn.com.au, unicorn with a K. And this way, let me show you and share with you further if you have a case study or if you want to quote on depreciation, we'll put you in touch with Mike and you can find out how and what is the best way to depreciate. For some people, it's not worth the depreciation or if you're doing a syndicated deal or if you're coming together with four or five people, you may not find it worthwhile to do the actual depreciation. For others, it's an absolute must, especially when you want to save a dollar of tax a day where it means more especially now with a high inflation times compared to what it might be worth 10 or 15 years down the track when you sell the property. So hopefully this has been of value. If you want us to help you build a cash flow rich portfolio, join one of our events, buy the book or simply reach out to me and we can have a strategy session. Until next time, keep hunting, keep looking and never stop learning. Bye for now. You've been listening to Commercial Property Investor Show. Tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property.